Welcome to So Many Places to Go, the podcast for meeting and event professionals. You can catch updates and info at the end, but right now, let's get going with a new episode. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our show, So Many Places to Go, the podcast about venues and destinations for meeting and event professionals. We are back today with Roma and Marcus from Reno Tahoe. If you missed episode one, go back and listen. There is lots of good information in there. We're going to dive deeper today. I'm your host again today, Katie Duhan, and I've got Lynn Tyrus, owner of IMM, here with me too. Greetings, everybody. Good to have you back. And we've already spent some time. We've gotten to learn so much and we are ready to dive into and, and talk about the facilities and the offsite venues. One of the things that we hope this podcast does is serve almost like a, you get all the information of a sales pitch, but in that comfortable, casual, conversational manner, Lynn and I are here to be your meeting planner guides to ask those right questions and make sure that the information makes sense to our listeners. So today we're going to ask Marcus and Roma to just walk us through everything. And guys, we're going to interrupt you and jump in with questions. And we know that you're going to give us all kinds of good information. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Thank you, Katie and Lynn. We appreciate um, the invite back. And we're happy to share more information um, about Reno Tahoe. The interesting thing that separates us from some other CDBs is that we actually own four of the facilities, four of the main facilities in the city. One of them being is the convention center, 600,000 square foot, one level state-of-the-art convention center that actually earned us number three convention center in the small city category. Or if you're looking at the big picture, we're number 39. We're the 39th largest convention center in the U.S. So super happy about that. A little tidbit that might not know. So along with the convention center, we also own the Reno Event Center which is located in downtown Reno, along with Reno Sparks Livestock Event Center, an interesting one, and there's some cool events happening there all the time, even now. And then final, the unique and one and only National Bowling Stadium with 78 lanes where 300 some people can bowl at the same time, but such a versatile facility that you can do so many things. I am so interested to hear and learn about this. Lynn and I are in Houston. We've got the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, but that is not a permanent thing. That is That comes and goes once a year. So I'm so excited to learn about some of these things. I've told you before, I heard bowling center and had to kind of like listen twice and make sure I didn't misunderstand. So I'm super interested to know what else you guys do in these centers and these facilities and just get some details. So why don't you guys kind of give us, Roma, that's each one. How are you guys going to fill us in today? Are we going to take it one by one? Or do you want to kind of give us the rundown about how these facilities work and who's coming to visit and who's perfect for this? Who can go to the bowling center? How are we using this? I think we should go one by one and um, answer your questions as you would imagine yourself utilizing that facility for your future group. Okay. I love it. This is perfect for our listeners. This is it. We're asking the questions for you start taking notes. Yeah. And I might just add to the, the list in addition to the, the four facilities that uh, we own. I wanted to maybe just run down the list real quick, Katie and, and Roma and Lynn, and talk about some of the other unique meeting and event venues that we have. And then we can, we can circle back on the, the four that we own and then do deep dives on those and deep dives on on each of them, it'll help you envision what these facilities are and where they are. That's perfect. And I think it's good to know right now for our listeners that we still have so much more even beyond this to talk with you guys about. We're planning a couple of more episodes because we don't want any of the details to get lost. So we're going to do some bite-sized pieces. So today we're focusing on these facilities, but there's so much more to come. So listeners, check out all the Reno Tahoe episodes. Make sure you don't miss all that. And um, right now, yeah, Marcus, walk, walk us through it. Okay. These really aren't in any specific order, but I, the order that I did put them in is Reno and Sparks. Sparks is our sister city. You wouldn't even know that you changed cities, but better known as, as Reno, uh, right down here in the valley, right against the backdrop of the Sierra Nevada exactly. mountains. I'm going to list those off first, and then we'll hop up 
just over the mountains, 40 minutes to Lake Tahoe. And the first one that comes to mind is the Discovery, which is the Science Museum. They are also a member of the Association of Science and Technology Centers, great facility. The Nevada Museum of Art, which is the only accredited art museum in the state of Nevada. And it's been recognized for following best practices as outlined by the American Alliance of Museums. The National Automobile Museum is up next, and that's the Hera Collection. Bill Hera, the late casino mogul, donated 175 of his best cars to this museum, and it is also one of the top five auto museums in the U.S. Next up is the Greater Nevada Field, where the AAA ball team Reno Aces play, and their season is mid-April through September. The Reno Ballroom is just steps from thousands of guest rooms and is also caddy corner to the Reno Event Center and the National Bowling Stadium. And that Reno Ballroom is right downtown, right in the heart of Reno. Now I'm going to kind of put us in a helicopter and take us up to Lake Tahoe. And, and when I say Lake Tahoe, I'm speaking specifically of the facilities that, that we reside over and that we promote. The lake is shaped like your hand, and there's a line that goes right down the middle. And half of it's on the Nevada side and half of it's on the California side. We obviously help represent the, the Nevada side and specifically the north side of the lake on the Nevada side. So there are quite a few venues up there. We're touching on really only a glimpse of them. But some of the ones that are actually the closest to Reno, to Reno's airport, and to the major hotels and resorts right here in Reno and Sparks. Thunderbird Lake Tahoe is a historic lodge that is just a 15-minute boat cruise or drive from Incline Village, Nevada. The next up is the Chateau at Incline Village, and that sits right on the 18-hole championship golf course, and it has amazing views of Lake Tahoe. We're almost done, and Sand Harbor Nevada State Park. This has indoor and outdoor space, some of it right on the shores of Lake Tahoe. And then finally, this is a venue that sort of moves around, and it's Lake Tahoe Cruises at Zephyr Cove, which is a southern-style paddle wheeler or boat that takes you right out on the crystal clear waters of Lake Tahoe. Nice. That's great. You know, I, I think it's great to know, we talked a little bit in our first episode, and we know this will be a trend across all of them, is that people are looking for experiences. Everybody wants to know what can we do outside of the ballroom? Okay, you have a hotel, but what else? And, and that's part of why this podcast is not called, it's not about hotels, right? It's about venues and destinations. There's so much more. I mean, just going through these things, you know, sometimes we forget to think outside the box a little bit about museums and stadiums and what else is there that's not traditional, but it's still a facility that's managed, you know, doing a totally DIY, you know, in a blank space can be really challenging. But when you've got the support of some kind of facility, but a unique facility, I think that's when you get to be really creative and really engage your attendees. So these are really neat to hear about. And this is that time where if we would like, we can do that deep dive on each of those and, and start off with the big dog, the, the convention center. And I can let Roma take it away. And then maybe she'll do one and I'll do one and she'll do one and I'll do one. And you guys can interject questions all along. Yeah, this is perfect. And you know, they're, they're all four of these main ones that we're going to talk about are so different. I can only assume from what we've heard so far how different they're going to be. So Roma, tell us like what's for each one, like what's the claim to fame, but also who is it ideal for? Who's coming to this venue? Who's going to fit really well? You know, who's, if, if I'm a planner listening, how am I going to know, okay, that's me. I should check into this one. Yes, absolutely. And I'll start with the convention center. That's, that's the, that's the amazing part about it. It's one level, 600,000 square feet. You're looking at five different halls. We have four halls that can combine all together, offering you over 300,000 contiguous space. If you're a planner that plan, uh, plans big expos, or need extra space to spread out, like in our situation right now with social distancing. Um, you know, if you're looking at 10 by 10s, you can put over 2,000 10 by 10s in this Ooh. space. So okay, I'm so glad you said it that way. That makes so much sense. This is the example we always go back to is 
you guys know the space so well and you say square footage and and most of us have no idea what that looks like i know there are a few out there who who understand it but to talk about how many booths or how many people fit in a space is so helpful for us to envision what you can really do in there yes and speaking of that you know we're we're here to help with also diagrams and especially nowadays you know there are different planners that planning for different parts you know some may be planning for 22 but some planning for 27, you know, we, we're looking at all different years, hopefully down the road, we're not going to need so much social distancing, but maybe somewhere in between. So that's right. where we can come in and help with diagrams to show you exactly what you can fit in each room. So mm-hmm. the thing about the convention center is that it's on one level, besides the big halls, we also have breakouts and we have quite a bit over 50 breakouts. Um, mm-hmm. Well, as a beautiful ballroom with all carpet, amazing uh, chandeliers that can go, you know, for your beautiful dinner or your reception. So a nice mix along with a lot of uh, pre-function area. So for your registrations, for your mingling and networking. But again, it's so easy because it's all one level. You do not have to go elevators up and down. Another great thing about the convention center that it's connected to over 800 rooms hotel, our Atlantis hotel. Yes, with a beautiful skywalk that was built over $10 million was, it's it's expensive one and it's only 500 steps. So kind of give you the visual how close you are from the hotel to the convention center for your event. We know all of our ladies attending in heels are gonna really like that distance. These things matter, right? Know your audience. Yep. And since, you know, we have the seasonality in Reno. So if it's in the winter, doesn't matter. You never have to step your foot outside. You go from your sleeping room through the Atlantis Casino into the into the, the walkway, the skywalk bridge to get to the convention center. A quick question for you. Can uh, do they allow you to bring in your own audiovisual crew to the convention center? Yes. Yes, Lynn, that is definitely a great question you ask. Um, you know, we mentioned in our previous episode, we're the flexibility. We're, we're have no red tape. You know, if that's what you want to bring, you want to bring your audiovisual company, that is totally fine. There is uh, only a few things that the convention center asks for, such as rigging, mm-hmm. is that going to be in control of, which is pretty typical. And a lot of planners are totally fine with that. Right. So, uh, and recently we've, uh, we've uh, put over 10, $10 million in upgrades to our convention center. So where we upgraded, you know, lights, the carpet, the lighting, furniture, signage, Wi-Fi that is now able to connect up to 25,000 concurrent users. Ooh. And how's the food? This one's great. <laughs> yes. So, and that's kind of... And plan your own meals. Yeah, and that goes along. You know, we mentioned in a previous episode is that pricing that's so affordable. They're 20 to 40% less than in other big cities. So you can do a lot with, um, you know, creativity and custom menus is no problem. I worked in some hotels in the past that chefs did not want to deal with that. They said, here's the menu, take it or not. Um, but that's not what it is with us. Good yeah, to I love that. Roma, I, I know you guys have shared a little bit of detail with us like having easy access to loading docks. My mind immediately goes to putting together a production production schedule and how we're going to get everybody in and out and how are they going to fit and where are they going to park? So I see that and I think, okay, tell me more. So there's a lot of neat little benefits that you guys have in the convention center that's going to make a planner's life easier, right? So what kind of neat features do you have for us? Sure, um, and I can go on uh, with that as well. So the main thing is the loading docks is easy access. And because it's it's convention center and a lot of groups will, you know, take over the whole convention center if we speak uh, from the citywide perspective where the group comes in and takes over. Or if you have a certain hall, you have separate loading. Mm. Uh, it's a ground level, so it's easy. You do not have to pay extra for, you know, different lifts and stuff like that. So that's, a, that's an easy one. And we have plenty of parking. So you can stage your big trucks to wait to load in if, if you're waiting for the crew or any of that sort. Yep, and uh, the utilities are overhead. Uh, as Roma was saying, drive in, drive out, hall access to the, the expo areas, on-site marshalling, currently no union contracts in place. Most of it is pillar-free exhibit space, almost 100%. There's very few pillar obstructions. And you know, we have experience with high security events here too, when 
political leaders come through, when we have National Guard of the United States Association here, we're very adept at uh, those sorts of needs as well. And the thing is that, you know, it is our own facility. So we do not have to go to anybody when we are negotiating prices, looking for availability. We can help with all of that. So like, in other words, uh, you offer discounts if you have a three-day or a five-day or uh, rental, so to speak. Uh, you have different plans based on the needs of the meeting professionals. Yes, and a lot of times we also ask what your budget is. So it all depends. We look at the entire package. We don't really have like, if you have this much space, this is what you use. We are flexible in that. Great. So Roma, what do you guys hear from planners who are coming in and using the convention center? Either what do they love best or what do you love best? What are people saying like, this is what makes this convention center really great? The, what they like a lot is actually the outdoor option as well. So a lot of natural light. That's all throughout the facility um, option to have lunches or breakfast or receptions outdoors. So that's the nice thing. Um, you know, it, you're not in a busy area. You're wide open. So you here are looking the backs, the background you see on our screen is what actually you can see from our convention center. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Not just a back alley or downtown streets. Huh? Nope. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, they do. They like the natural light. They like the flexibility of it. The food courts are strategically placed as well. Some of those are, those are the feedback. That's some of the feedback we get. That's awesome. Well, I, I know we want to touch on a bunch of the different facilities that you guys have. So before we move on to the next one, is there anything else that our listeners need to know about the convention center or access to it or just what really makes it special? Well, currently, you know, we have a really a great um, management partner, ASM Global. You may have heard of them. Um, they operate in several countries and continents. They, they manage over 300 facilities worldwide. We're very happy about our partnership with them. They have Savor as their food and beverage. And basically, they, they work for us. When we bring in a piece of business and we're talking about what's happening, um, yes, they're selling to local events and catering events and things like that, but we take priority. What we're doing takes priority. What's really nice about them is the promise that we make in the sales process. We're all really on one team and they help execute on that promise. Yeah. Okay. So shifting gears a little bit to the Reno event center. I know a lot of our listeners, you know, some are experts in this field and can define every type of venue that's out there and available. And then there are some of us who maybe you know, you say convention center and event center and this and that, and, and kind of understand the difference between an arena and whatnot. So help us understand first and foremost, event center, convention center, what's different? What is the event center? Yeah, and I'm happy to take that one. Um, and I will say this, the convention center does have access to bleachers and um, we can rent them and bring them into that space. And we do do sporting events in our convention center as well. It's very flexible in that regard. Um, and maybe before I move on from the convention center, you know, We'll, we've who who's that work for? Of course, meetings, conventions, trade shows, but also sporting events, fundraisers, social gatherings, and special events. Um, then the Reno Event Center, it, it is very, um, it is more oriented toward your concerts, your sporting events, your your expo halls, things of that. Uh, not carpeted down on the main arena floor, has retractable seating. You're looking at a 7,500 person arena setup and 4,440 of those seats are retractable bleachers. Now there are luxury sky boxes as well, but this is, is actually also about two miles away from the convention center. It's, it's in the heart of the downtown. And what you're, what you're finding there is column free space. What, what we have done is use headquarter hotels downtown the Reno Ballroom, which we'll get to for breakouts and meals. And then we've used the Reno Event Center, pipe and drape down the center, general session on one side with bleacher seating, and on the other side, exhibit hall. Mm -hmm. So we've seen some really neat flexibility there. Corporate uh, events have done that. And it's very, very close to 4,100 rooms right downtown. 
you guys have any examples of events that you've done in the event center, maybe something unique or something they actually see pretty frequently either way or both? Yeah, that there's, there's a, a lawn and garden group who really likes to incorporate the headquarter hotel right downtown and then use the, the Reno ballroom, the Reno event center and the national bowling stadium, all of which are literally a few seconds walking um, from the front doors of the hotel. And We've also seen insurance, corporate insurance groups use them before. And then, of course, you've got all kinds of different concerts going on there. Large country music names, large rock and roll bands. Mm. We've also, we also do sporting events there because it's very, it's very easy and conducive for things like basketball, volleyball, very high ceilings. It's also really pretty. There's some beautiful windows the pre-function space has these decorative glass structures that when the light hits them, we're a very sunny city. So it, it throws reflections inside and out. Yeah, that that's be some of mine examples. Yeah. And you kind of touched on it. So it, it sounds like um, since, since all of these facilities are owned by you guys, is there a lot of, are your groups able to come in and do a lot of crossover if they're, if they're primarily in the event center, can they go over to the livestock center and do an event over there and kind of cross over and use your various facilities all for one program? Absolutely. And we try to utilize and encourage groups to utilize to give them a different flavor. They can customize and theme events based on the facility they're using. So like you mentioned, uh, if the group wants to do an event center, they can be meeting at the convention center. They can go downtown and have, you know, bowling, uh, National Bowling Stadium, and then go to Reno Event Center for dinner or, you know, reception. And, and this might be getting a little into the nitty gritty of it, but again, from a planning perspective, is that several contracts? Is that one contract? Are they just working with you guys? Like how simple, I know you've said before, you guys are no red tape. So how easy is it to utilize all these pieces? Yeah, it would be all one contract, one person. Oh, awesome. One stop shop. We love that phrase. Awesome. Okay. Well, so, so we've touched on um, the, I, I just mentioned it, the livestock center. Are we ready to talk about that one? I'm dying to know more. Yes, absolutely. And I'll um, share some information on that. It's a unique venue. And, you know, speaking of it, one of the busiest venues that we've had since June 1st opened. Really? We had livestock there, rabbits, all uh, equine, all kinds of things. So basically this, the Livestock Center is the home of Reno Rodeo. To touch on that, actually, we're moving forward with Rodeo this June and the tickets are on sale right now. So um, that's kind of going to be one of the biggest events that's coming back. And we're super excited for that. So it's an indoor and outdoor arenas and normally used for equestrian sporting events. But we also use for, you know, like a barbecue setting, if you want to come out and have a barbecue on one of the nights with the groups. Okay. I was just going to ask, you know, we're, you know, I'm setting for it. Lynn and I are here in Houston. We know all about that. You know, of course, in Houston, we get a lot of, um, you know, that stereotypical, you know, people think we've got horses roaming around in the streets. We're a big city. It's not that. But we've got our livestock piece. I mean, all that agriculture and that land is such a huge part. So if you're coming to use the Livestock Center and you're not necessarily a livestock show what else can you do there you can do so much so and again we get creative the indoor spectator seating is up to 6200 people okay so good size so besides having the livestock events there we also done monster jam trucks we've done jam on it which is the basketball competition pole vault Ooh. unique wrestling lots of wrestling groups bmx bikes and then motors cross sports so okay. you can creative talking about cool team building right right there right. Like event center we're all gonna learn how to how to pole vault together i guess you need tall ceilings for that right <laughs> so you could actually uh, even though it's not during your rodeo season you could hire out and have your own private rodeo for your guests right. like at george ranch here you could you could do something in that area. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen like rustic weddings happen in that arena. So it's really, the facility is so versatile and that's actually the facility that's been used a lot for the vaccine, um, for the testing, for the vaccine distribution. So, you know, the city is again, trying to use any facilities any way they can. And what does, just to kind of give our, our listeners a little bit of a visual, because 
again, you know, I hear Livestock Center and I'm imagining our Houston rodeo, right? That's the visual I have in mind. So when you're coming to the Livestock Center, what does it look like? What are you seeing? You know, we've talked about the event center has beautiful lighting and windows. What What's sort of the vibe at the Livestock Center? It's a little bit off downtown, just a couple minutes drive from downtown. And, you know, the sense of arrival is larger outdoor arenas, the covered arenas as well. And it's it's quite sprawling because when you have equine or livestock group, they need places for parking and places for trailers and places for RVs. And so we have a lot of a lot of the parking lots that surround the property. And then you begin to make your way in and you see ticket offices and walkways and staircases and bleachers and things of that. It's really close to downtown and it's very easy to access. I would probably say that kind of describes it. It's also near the University of Nevada, Reno, which is just a really a large part of our downtown that people don't know. We're sort of a college town as well. The University of Nevada, Reno also has an agricultural extension that moves off of its campus and toward the Livestock Event Center. But you see their brick buildings, you you see uh, and get the feeling that you're near a college campus. There's 22,000 students currently at the University of Nevada, Reno. So that's also a part of the atmosphere and the environment that the Livestock Event Center is around, including downtown. Right. So it sounds like obviously it's much more versatile than just the name implies. And there's a lot which kind of leads us into, I think, if we're ready to go there into um, the bowling stadium, which I I know I've said multiple times is it piques my interest. And I just again, I have this sense of like, you know, want to see it, want to experience it for myself. In our first episode, you gave a little bit of detail on it. But as we go through, I want to know, too, like, you know, that that name does it pigeonhole you? How do we know? Like what else other than bowling, right? Like give us the whole picture. Sure. No. And I'll take this one, Roma, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah. It it was built for the United States Bowling Congress. It was a true partnership between the city of Reno, tourism entity, us, Reno Tahoe, and them. We wanted to welcome their bowlers, uh, male and female. And then we knew that this would be a really neat asset to have right downtown. And it is right in the heart of downtown. It has 78 lanes in the main bowling area. Its nickname is the Taj Mahal of 10 pins. Ah, (laughs) Yeah, and it's multi-level. So on the main concourse, it can accommodate 2,000 for reception style. And then you could also have another 390 people all bowling at once. We've recently done a four and a half million dollar improvements to the facility. When you enter, you're also greeted by a museum for bowling that is in reference to all the female bowlers. So that's very unique to have that museum there and that also acts as function space. And you can you can throw huge parties up on the concourse, of course, and you could have it flowing from the escalators all the way down to the museum and back and forth and food and beverage stations and bars throughout. There's also a really neat little small intimate kingpin club by Brunswick when you arrive. And that has 10 VIP lanes, full bar. Um, You can do glow bowling there. So the balls are, uh, you know, iridescent. They they glow in the the black light. You get issued shoes that glow. Um, There's lights and you can turn on the smoke machines and have the music and everything. So it, it's really fun. That's good for about 100 people. Yeah. yeah, it's unique. It's different. And our groups love this because instead of loading coaches all night to get to a place, they can literally walk, not just from, from the, the Caesars property that's 4,100 rooms all told in three towers, but there's even more hotels around it. So it's walkable from about 5,800 hotel rooms. When you're thinking about an offsite and you just rather have, have people enjoy the fresh air and things like that and, and not have to deal with coaches, this is something that groups really latch on to. And the weather is, is very mild and it's very predictable. And, and even in February, yesterday, we're in February 2021 here, it was 50 degrees out and sunny. So it's hard to predict in the winter, but you know, from June through early October, 
it's, it's quite predictable. The days are long and they're warm. And you can do these kind of walkable events, outdoor things to get to. Yeah, that's really nice. I think for, you know, from our planners perspective, that's the risk factor, right? We're always saying like, oh, that's perfect. But is it going to be perfect when we get there? Can we rely on that weather? So I think that that's really important. And, and here you guys go again, you know, Reno Tahoe saving us money. You've already got great rates and now we don't have to pay for buses. Yeah. And along with that, I mean, it's, uh, you know, because oftentimes you have a facility, but do you have to bring in, in a, you know, all these extra decor pieces or AV or anything like that? This venue has all built in. So the planners love to use, like Marcus mentioned, for offsite events. I mean, you, I'm sure you would agree with me. Everybody can partake in the game of bowling, right? Or watch. Just in, just in FYI, in my younger days, I did bowl in the league. And at one point, Bold a 298. I freaked out. I had bowled nine straight strikes. And the very last one, I, I bowled eight and turned around and I saw a whole crowd standing there and I blew it, just blew it. So <laughs> almost, almost got my 300. Well, we're just going to have to go back to the bowling, bowling stadium for a rematch. And if you saw the way I bowl, I hop and I have this, it rides the gutter. And then I do this curve that just goes right in. It's really, I haven't bowled in years, not since our kids were younger and they bowl. But anyway, I did bowl a 298. So I do have that to one little. That is amazing. And that's, that's the thing. A group will have somebody that will bowl. And if they don't want to bowl, there's some, because the space is so big, you can bring in a DJ and a dance floor and others can dance and eat while others bowl. So it's something for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I can already see like pictures of, you know, my wheels always start turning immediately receptions, a new year's Eve party, or you talked about the museum, you know, something, a women's focused group would be a really neat venue for them. I, I mean, it sounds like this is not you know, we're not really just talking about bowling events, right? This is just a really neat and unique place for, that's like a built-in venue for anybody, right? Who's, which groups are coming into this? Who's using it the most? It it really is. And it's groups of all kinds and all sizes, because you really don't have to have a lot of people to use it. And it doesn't feel cavernous if you've just got 50 people that want to go there as an elite leadership, you know, dinner and with some entertainment and bowling. Um, you can do that and you can feel comfy and cozy. That atmosphere isn't so big that it, it does, it feels out of place. And then as your group grows, and we're talking all different segments, corporate, association, social, sports, government, it, it's just so easy to get approved. There's so much cost avoidance when you're thinking about, well, all anyone has to do is come down from their room to the elevator out the front doors of the hotel, and then it's a 20-second walk. That's just, it's really, it's an easy sell. It's very easy to work with us. And, and there, are, there are a lot of sponsorship and branding options. As you can imagine, the Bowling Congress needs scoreboards and pictures and replay and all these things. Uh, the, that whole side of it is filmed. So as, as Roma said, the, these things are already in place. So if you need to put logos up, or show a slideshow of you know your company, or something that happened throughout the year. It's very easy to execute those things in that building. Okay, gang, I'm gonna take a quick detour, so stay with me here. As you get to know the IMM team as your hosts, we also want you to get to know IMM as a company too. In a nutshell, we are a meeting, events, and consulting firm going on 35 years of great service and relationships. We're bringing you this podcast to support our industry, which is built on some of the things that we also value most, like great relationships, collaboration, and delivering incredible experiences. We work with clients in whatever capacity they need, be it full service or a la carte. So take a minute and type in immwow.com and go check out our list of services to find out more about what we can do for and with you. I might be biased, but I have to say, I love working with our team, and I know that you will too. Until then, safe travels and happy listening. Okay, we, you guys, 
the, these are kind of the top four, right? We've covered those top four, but these aren't it. So we know we're going to have pictures to share and some extra resources for listeners to go and really get an actual image of what we're talking about. But let's run through the other ones. Um, Marcus, you talked about the discovery. Tell us about that. Sure. Okay. I'll go two in a row, Roma, and then you're up next. Okay. <laughs> the the discovery is is really great. So they have 67,000 square feet of rentable space. Now, what does that mean, right, to the to the green planner? You know, yeah. that means about 1,800 guests maxed out. You know, oftentimes you will find minimums in some of these areas, but we've yet to have people tell us that 30 is too small or 10 is too small. So when we're being your super connector to these venues, we can help get you connected to these folks. And they have a lot of different options. So they have exhibits, they have hands-on galleries, they have private areas, and you could still meet there if your group is small and they are in normal operation. This is geared toward the public and it is more about youth and children. But this area of where it is right on the cusp of downtown, you could use it for cocktail receptions, reunions, fundraisers, evening meetings, day meetings. And there's actually an extension of the Smithsonian in this facility, and it's called their Sparks Lab. So some of the exhibits are very educational. They apply to all ages, and it's a, it's a very new facility. They are part of the Science and Technology Center. So it has a really great affiliation, and it really goes with some of the things that are happening in our destination on the science, technology, math, and art. So yeah, engineering, it really ties in well with things that we're seeing in our area, like the tech, the innovation, the advanced manufacturing. So a lot of receptions are held there with the local business community and political leaders and academia. They use that building a lot. It's there for groups. We've done things for the American Fisheries Society in there. There's some really great tie-ins with the university too of having speakers brought in or demonstrations that might align with the core business of an association or corporation. Right. And you just touched on art. You've got art museums as well. So the is it the the Nevada Museum of Art? And can we can we all talk for a second? Is it Nevada or Nevada? What are <laughs> Nevada? Nevada, okay. <laughs> so tell us about the museum. So it offers um sophisticated setting with the superb amenities and service for groups ranging up to 1,400 people. And kind of what, you know, go back to what Marcus was saying. These venues are accessible meeting planners. Mm -hmm. Not many cities can say that. I mean, I know here to get a museum of art in Dallas, it's going to be a lot of money. We don't have a lot, right? And We're all nodding along. (laughs) Right. So these are so easy. So um, the beautiful thing about the Nevada Museum of Art, it has the night's, the night scale sky room and it's at the top level. It has an indoor and outdoor option. So the total square footage, if we're talking here, it's about 10,000. But what that means is you can do up to 300 people mm-hmm. on the top deck of the museum. And, and you know, the, the, the great thing about using the museum or the discovery, it's interactive. So, so the, the, the people can go through, you know, it's, it's a buyout. So you, you're there and you're experiencing and it's a built-in entertainment already. Right. Yeah, yeah we love that. Great traveling exhibits come through there. And if you did a full buyout, you could have up to 1,400 people roaming throughout four different floors. It's really spectacular when you're up at that Nightingale room too, as Roma said. Your backdrop is the Sierra Nevada mountains. You can watch the sunsets up there. You could have music playing. It is indoor, outdoor. That's so nice. I mean, we keep hearing these themes of the, of the same thing, the scenery and the impressive spaces. So... Uh, so keep going. What else? What else do we have? Well, I'll, I'll take this next one is the National Automobile Museum. And this is uh, Bill Hera, the, the late casino mogul. It's part of his car collection. He had thousands of cars. But when his estate was being transferred, about 175 of them were designated to go to this foundation and start this museum because it was such an important part of Reno's history. And so a lot of people really rallied. It's open to the public. It's very affordable. I think the tickets are under $20. And and that's the same ticket price, if not less, when you're doing as a group negotiation. 
So you, you could have a group take this over, you know, could be 1200 people and you could set up stations and bars and food and docents and have people go on tours with you, or you could go all the way down to 50. Um, that they're very flexible there as well. They have, you know, a main room where you can do rounds, a, a banquet rounds for about 200 and there's beautiful cars all around you. Now, this isn't just a warehouse with cars in it. There is awesome natural light in there. Each of these galleries are in a streetscape. So they start you out at like a blacksmith where the horse was basically just removed from the carriage. Those are some of the first automobiles. And it goes all the way through to modern day. There's about 100,000 square feet total of museum space. This is also right in downtown, right along the river walk. There's a 157 person theater with full AV. Wow. So this is great for if you wanted to do a sit down banquet reward thing, you could do that. If you wanted to have people reception style doing meetings, you could do presentations. It's it's something it's something that's really unique and and different. There's there's places where you can take pictures with the cars. There's cars in there from all kinds of politicians and movie stars throughout the years. Bill Harrett was meticulous in what he collected and how he restored things. They they've all been restored to their original spec, OEM spec. At one time he had a facility in Sparks, Nevada, our sister city from Reno, that specifically made the glass. So windshields, mirrors, anything that needed to be custom made to the company specs, you could get that there. And there's even paper libraries of all different years of cars, makes models of cars. If you want to go there and research how to restore a car, um, you can actually do that. And we just find this is a really great venue, whether that's a reunion group, it might be a fraternal group. It might be a corporate group or association group looking for something totally unique and different. This is one of the top five auto museums in the country. We're really proud of it. Right. That's really neat. And you've got, you've got the setting and the entertainment and the experience all built right in. Right. I mean, you could spend hours there. I'm, I'm sitting here planning my agenda to Reno, you guys, and I'm running out of time. I'm going to need three weeks, please. Katie, I'm telling you, the first time I got to see the museum, and I am not a big antique car enthusiast, right? But I was there four hours, and I, I was just in awe. So it's, again, good for all demographics, just because it's such a unique piece of history. And like Marcus said, each car will have a little description about it. Who drove it? How many of those were made? Some of them is like only one made. Some of them never even made it to the road. It's just so unique. I was blown away. I had, you know, you bring all, I had a group of all female planners with me. You might, you know, say, hey, females are not into cars. Nope. They were all, they were all impressed. Right. I love it. Okay. So we've covered museums and these big facilities, but you've got the outdoor spaces too, the greater Nevada field and, um, and some of the others. So keep going. Tell us about that one. Yeah, the Nevada Field is another right a venue right in downtown, and it's wonderful, and we utilize it for big group gatherings, buyouts, again. So it's a AAA um, Reno Aces play there, and the, the season's typically from April through September. Uh, beautiful outdoor, again, with our sunny days, over 300 days of sun. It's a beautiful time to enjoy uh, a game. It also has different sizes of um inside venues that you can utilize depends on the size of your group. So if you want to do an entire buyout, it would be over 9,000, 9,100 seats, but you can bring a group as small as 250 and have a section of it for a buyout. So if you don't get lost in a big space, it can still feel cozy and intimate without feeling like it's too big for a small group. Yep. And you know what? We have connections and we had a site visit uh, with uh, high executives that came and went for it. To watch the game and guess what they were throwing the ball <laughs> oh how fun <laughs> i love it i love it okay so so back to the ballroom you've talked about the reno ballroom what do we need to know about that yes sure we did touch on it a little bit um it's it's very convenient it's a significant part of the meeting space in our downtown it's very accessible and walkable to over five thousand rooms it's right on the corner of the National Bowling Stadium and the Reno Event Center. 
And then you've got 28,000 square feet of very versatile space. And, and what does that mean? You know, that's about 2,500 people reception style all opened up or about 1,900 banquet rounds. It's a really nice addition to have something like that. It, it feels almost as if you, you have an offsite, you're getting out of your hotel, you're seeing the city, you're looking around, you might even be passing by museums, restaurants, entertainment on your way to your meeting or to your breakout. I kind of said this before, it, it is used in conjunction quite a bit with the Reno Event Center. Very easy to do the meals and breakouts there and then go to the general session and exhibit hall and the Reno Event Center literally across the street and then when it's all said and done for the day, you're, you're going to have an offsite, heavy hors d'oeuvres and reception at the National Bowling Stadium. Those things are all, all very doable. And the, the Reno Ballroom is a huge part of that. Great. So I, I know you have a, a couple other places that we want to make sure that we highlight. So tell us what the other few that I, I'm sure there, I'm sure we could talk all day about um, all the places available. There's so much there. But which other few should we know about? I'll, I'll take the Thunderbird Lake Tahoe. I, I know that is a, it's sort of a mystery. What is the Thunderbird? You know, that, that is, is an amazing part of, of American history. Truly. There is a gentleman who has passed now, of course, his name is George Wattell Jr. And he was the heir to one of San Francisco's wealthiest families. He was the son of the man who helped found Pacific gas and electric. So PG and E. So we're talking about, you know, the, the 20s, 1920s here. So when his father died in 1922, he inherited $29 million. And, you know, think about that time, right? We're, it's the roaring 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when the mining was really going big in the Reno area in Virginia City, the silver that was coming out of there, all the precious metals, that was happening in the 1860s. And that went on through, you know, the 1890s and it kind of started finishing up. And, and how do you do mining? Well, you have to get a lot of timber and you got to bury that timber in the ground and make mines out of it. Well, Virginia City had over 300 mines. Some of them were 3000 feet deep. And this, this kind of wealth that was coming out of there was helping build up San Francisco. It, it created fortunes like the Hearst fortune. What did that do to our area? All that logging, we were kind of blighted. Um, the whole Lake Tahoe Basin, all the mountains that you, you see and that are accessible for loggers, those trees were whatever, 150 feet tall, old growth, ponderosa pine, lodgepole pine. They're all cut down. They're all buried over in Virginia City for the mines. That was a huge industry here. So George Rattel took his $29 million and he said, well, I'm just going to liquidate this. He actually pulled that money out of the stock market before the 29 crash. Some say that he even helped precipitate the crash when you pull out that much. And I mean, at, that, at that time, that's not exactly pocket change. It's not now. It surely wasn't then. I think that's the equivalent of like $700 million today. Something like that. So getting back to Thunderbird, well, in 1935, he purchased 27 miles of Lake Tahoe shoreline. Basically, the whole Nevada side of the lake is what he purchased for, and this is from the shoreline up to the top of the Sierra Nevada mountain, $2.7 million. They said, well, who needs it? It's all a bunch of stumps. Yeah, it's been replanted, but there won't be trees there for 100 years. He said, that's fine. I'll take it. And, and that is right smack dab in the middle of that because he was very eccentric and very private. That is where he built this amazing Thunderbird Lodge made of stone. And he had uh, special architects there building tunnels and other little buildings. He, he was an eccentric guy. He uh, would gamble at the Calneva and he would put lights on to say, hey, bring over the money and bring over the booze. You know, the wife is gone. I'm ready to gamble and have fun. And, and that's, that's the Thunderbird Lodge. And over time, he was, he was through eminent domain, you know, was forced to sort of sell off these parcels. But the, the lodge remains, and it's very accessible. It's like a 15-minute boat ride from the north side of the lake or a 15-minute ride from Incline Village. 
of course, from Reno, you're looking at about, you know, 50 minute drive. You know, it's, it's more, it's more um, smaller. You could do 300 people throughout the whole grounds, but it's, it's probably more like you'd, you'd want to be like in the 50 to 150 people range, but very interesting part of history. Uh, you really can't even drive your car down into it. You have to come to the visitor center in Incline Village, and then you can get on a shuttle that will take you to this property that's right on the shores of the lake. There's a boat there, a huge wooden boat called the Thunderbird. That's rentable as well. You can do 12, co- you know, 12 people doing cocktails on the, on the back of that boat and, and cruise around for uh, you know, $5,000 an hour on that thing. So there's some very high-end experiences, very unique architecture there. To explore. Photos of it now, and I yeah. see like a tunnel in there. Yes. Ooh, what I don't know what. Well, the the tunnels were interesting. He had little. He he had pets. We'll call them pets. He had a pet lion, and he had a little cage for his lion in these tunnels. He he liked to imbibe, and if you couldn't handle your liquor, sometimes you would end up with his pet lion in in the cage there. Uh, he also had a pet elephant. There, he would he would go all over down to Reno, over to different parts of Lake Tahoe, and gamble. And really, he lived a wild life. That's for sure. Hey, with Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. And oh yeah, yeah. It sounds. I feel like this. There are more stories where these are coming from. I think uh, sounds like there's a some hidden hidden gems of anecdotes and stories you guys have hit there. <laughs> It looks gorgeous, and then the water looks oh my god, gorgeous! Yeah, it's a it's a heart, it's a breathtaking property. Anybody that can have an event there, it's memories forever. Yeah. So, Marcus, you mentioned Incline Village and, and the chateau. Is that the same? Is it adjacent to it? Tell us about Incline Village. It sits right on the eighteen-hole championship golf course. And there's about 5,200 square feet of, of space there. It makes a great 19th hole for a group after they've maybe done a golf outing. And whether that headquarter hotel is Incline Village or it's in Reno or Sparks, these are all very doable within a day. This is 40 minutes from Reno. Yeah, so 220 people is kind of where the chateau maxes out. And it's open year round, but golf season is really, you know, May through early October. You could squeeze in some things before then, but other than that, you'll have beautiful snowy slopes and a beautiful lake to look at. It's kind of set up in elevation off of the lake, um, but that's definitely a, an option. Again, so, right, so much to do. So that uh, definitely has to be on your to-do to-see list when you come. Do I move that one up to the top of the list? Okay, <laughs> guys, I'm telling you, it, it's it's a whole long thing. I'm, I'm going to need lots and lots of time. Just rent me. I, I don't even need like a hotel room. I need a semi-permanent residence. Excuse me. <laughs> if you're both gone, who's running the company? Well, I can work from Reno. Exactly. <laughs> I'll go office with Marcus. <laughs> if that's his view, I'm in. <laughs> Okay, so are there what which other ones? I know you guys have have venues for days. Are there any one or two more that that we should make sure that our listeners get to hear about today? We'll just quickly mention two more. So one of them is the Sand Harbor Nevada State Park, and that's actually where the Shakespeare Festival happens. Oh, nice. so the beautiful part about it that it's able to accommodate up to a thousand people. It has a beautiful built-in stage uh, with sound and lighting and all the equipment. So easy done. You can you can host up to 150 guests in a covered setting. So that's the Nevada State Park, and then uh, Lake Tahoe Cruises. So we were talking about an event venue on the water. There's different options. So it depends on the size of the group. So the first one would be the pedal wheel, and that's uh, that takes you all the way around Lake Tahoe, or depends on the timing you need. And that boat can do up to 400 people in a private party. But we've done other boats that are around. So you have the wild goose, that's a smaller one, or you have the catamaran that comes, um, the parts from the Hyatt as well. So a few options for the water lovers and the beautiful scenery that you can do on Lake Tahoe. What I'm getting here is you guys have it all covered. Big groups, small groups, great rates for association, luxury high-end 
secret lion cages. <laughs> You've got it all. That's right. We, we've talked about a lot today and you guys are, are helping us cover so much. So, um, so let's just run through, like if our listeners, if they're like me and they're trying to absorb all this information, what are like the top three need to knows that they should know about your facilities and spaces? Well, one of them would be that, you know, Reno Tahoe is, um, is the biggest little city, right? So we're small town, but you can feel like you're in a big destination because of options that you have available to you. The cultural attractions from the ballpark, as we mentioned, to the auto museum, to the art museums, discovery museum, or the national bowling stadium, something available as well as affordable for the meeting planners. Yeah. And and I would add to that, Roma, just saying that these unique meeting and event venues offer a ton of variety. And they also offer planners the ability to get creative. And we haven't even really touched on our mega resort hotels. And they have, and we're going to cover this in another episode, Lynn, and I know you're looking forward to that too, Katie, that have multiple outlets, restaurants, spas, pools, huge variety of group activities and team building options from driving ranges to top golf simulators, bocce ball courts, bowling, climbing walls, uh, movie theaters, axe throwing. It's, it's quite dynamic. There, it, it, and we haven't even gotten to the food and I'm a big foodie. Yes. And, and also there's great infrastructure to support it. So we have 52 passenger luxury coaches all the way down to ride shares, taxis, and everything in between, mini buses. We, we, we are your super connector to get to those providers, to get a referral list, to share with you our ideas of what we've seen go well and what time of year to try things. You've got very, very incredible options here that the, the list is very long. And as I said, we didn't even talk about some of the things that are on different parts of the lake that you can access. There are mountain coasters, there are ropes courses, there are high courses, there's scenic gondolas, um, multiple mountain villages like the village at Heavenly, which is in South Lake, uh, the North Star and the Squaw areas, the, the villages there have lift assisted hiking and biking, um, sightseeing and things like that that are um, they're out of our bed base, but they are well within reach. And there's there's historic sites too, as we were talking about Virginia City, the mining city, you know, it has a thousand year round residents, but they have ghost tours and mining tours. And then you've got the beautiful little town of Truckee, California, which is also just 50 minutes away. You can see the historic railroad that goes through there. It still runs Amtrak. Um, they have beautiful little pedestrian friendly areas that are very walkable. And just because it's winter or fall, doesn't mean that these places close up. They are still open and usually the sun is shining. If it's not, it might be snowing, but um, the sun comes out and melts it off the streets. We were very easy to, to navigate in that regard. So there's, there's a lot going on. And, and even, if, even if it's out of our bed base, we have convention and visitors bureaus friends that we can introduce you to, to give you ideas about what they specialize in and, and what they know about too. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question, because it's a tough one. I've got a client who only has two days to come out and take a look. What would be the highlights? And I know a lot would depend on the size of the group, mm-hmm. but say something from, say, 300. Let's pick 300 as a, an example. And I've got a client who's only going to come with me for two days what would be the main things that you think you'd want them to be able to see and they can only do maybe one off-site as part of th- that quick trip? And it's tough. I mean, I've done a site where I've had to look at 14 hotels in one day in Bruges. And I'm telling you, I was running on those cobblestones. I'm just asking for an example. What would be the highlights that you think really would sell them? You know, it's definitely hard to just have two days. And like you mentioned, 14, uh, 14 hotels in one day, 
had clients that came to me before in Las Vegas and they're like, I'm on Hotel 7. They can't remember anything, right? What we will try to do is really, really focus on what's about the group, like learn about the group, what's important, right? More demographic, the, the size. We definitely focus on that. We'll do a lot of homework before we put a perfect site visit for you. But we would want to show you a little bit of Reno and a little bit of Tahoe. So we would definitely, you know, decide where we start first. We would show you one of our mega resorts and we would show you one of our small non-gaming property, a boutique hotel, as well as one offsite venue. Definitely have to fit in some lunch and breakfast in between, right? Um, the nice thing about it is that because our airport is so easy to navigate, you're not wasting a lot of time there. You fly in 10 minutes and we off we go. And you know, the nice thing, and we're going to talk more about the airport, but they're so easy to work with and they value convention business so much. What we have done before is they would take our staff back house where we can meet you right at Tarmac. We take you straight out. Wow. Yes, they've done it. Yeah, so they so that we can gain some time, right? And because Reno is 15, 20 minute town, it's not gonna take us a long time to drive to see these facilities. So we can cover a lot in that in the two days. And you know, once we take you to Tahoe, we're gonna have to spend a little time and have a little champagne by the lake. That has to happen. (laughs) But what is your typical that you prefer a site visit to entail? How many days? If we're only looking at Reno, it would be nice if you can stay over for two nights so we can see the variety of product we offer, so we can see the the hotels as well as the offsite venues. You can come for three nights, then we can cover Reno and Tahoe without being too rushed. We obviously need to fit in the spa appointment there for you as well. So three days, two nights. Okay. Seven days it is. (laughs) Marcus, would you do it differently? No, you nailed it. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like a three day would be better, but I wanted to put you on the spot and say, what can you do in two days? <laughs> and you've covered it. Get off the plane right on the tarmac and just zip out. Very good. I like it. I like that. Okay. So Roma, that's what you do for a client. So now I'm putting you guys on the spot again. We've talked about a lot of places today, lots of neat, interesting history and unique places, big, exciting places. What is your favorite? If you had to choose one venue to go spend the day, where are you going? That's hard. Marcus, you go first. Okay, <laughs> you need some time to think about. Okay, so, I, you know, I kind of predicted this question was coming. And, and if you could tell by my response to the automobile museum, I'm kind of a, a car, truck, and motorcycle nut. I prefer that area. You know, it is inside. Um, I do like being outside. But I really love listening to the docents. They all have some unique story about every one of those cars. And I, I'm just a car lover. So, I mean, I could be listening to a story about a car that John F. Kennedy owned or that Al Jolson owned or Lana Turner owned. And it just transports me back in time to them sitting in that car and using that car. And I don't know, I, I, there's something special about that. And then I guess the second would be sitting on the shores of Lake Tahoe. That's uh, that it feels like you're in an ocean. It's it's very tropical feeling, and the water is 99% pure. So if you're going swimming, you know it just there's nothing quite like that. So that'd be my my second place. And I would pick those two myself out of everything you've said. A museum is a museum. A ballroom is a ballroom. Uh, livestock place, but those two stood out for me and the bowling. I have to throw that in. I was going to say that was mine. So obviously you cannot argue with being, you know, in front of the lake in Zen, right? But what I like the bowling is because it's because how it's, it's something that can work for any group, right? And we always want to put that on our agenda to show the planners because it's inexpensive venue to throw a fun party. Right, right. Well, got my top so, we're all going, you know, I got to say, I want to, I put me out on the boat cruise, get me out on the water. I'll take a boat cruise any day. And it's and the I memory you're going to uh, make for a lifetime. I have to say, when I'm out and about at industry events and I chat with people, I can always tell if they visited the lake because you can see it in their eyes. You, you, They have this look that they transport themselves 
to that scenery that they saw. And I love that. So that's kind of my little excitement thing that I'm always like, have they visited or not? Yeah, sort of be a little secret test. Yes. Right. You've got so many great options. It would really be tough on a on meeting planners to come out and and have to make some quick decisions. So they really need to do their homework up front, I think would be good because there are so many great options and then narrow down to those top wonderful in person to see on a quick site visit. Yeah, so they can call us first and we can help them get it organized in their head and figure out what works best. Right, and and Lynn, just what you said, hopefully this uh, conversation we've had today has sort of been the, the Cliff's Notes version of some of this, but yes, our listeners, um, our planners and meeting professionals listening need to, you know, take a listen. And then most importantly, I think reach out to Roma and Marcus or whoever their representative is and, and find out more and dig into the details and, and get that all planned. So we know we're going to share those extra resources. I, you know, Lynn's already started looking at the pictures. I'm going there next. We're going to have all these extra goodies for everybody before we call it a day today, what else? Is there anything else that our listeners need to know about our sort of topics today? I will definitely add is that because we are in the middle of new Reno, right? And reimagined destination, there are more things coming. So because of what we said right now, that's not it. There is more on the horizon. There is about five, six different huge projects are happening in town right now. Wow. So, um, more to come. Yeah, that's very well punctuated, Roma. Absolutely. You know, we didn't really talk about the development that's happening in the area, but it's been significant. You know, not until the early 2000s were we really leveraging this amazing river that runs from the mouth of Lake Tahoe, 120 miles through the center of our city. It's called the Truckee River. And we're written up as having one of the best river walks in the country as well. There's outdoor event venues there. There's indoor event venues that look at that area. And the things that are being planned and and the investment that's happening in our area, we don't even know what's going to be built. But we, we have been told that they are work, live, play. So you may have a hotel, office space, townhomes, restaurants, entertainment districts that are popping up between downtown In in our midtown area, that's sort of the two-mile stretch between downtown and where our convention center is, and even in in Sparks, too. There are civic areas that are being built and planned to accommodate our growing population and to enrich the residents' experience, as well as our visitors and, of course, our groups that visit. Sounds great. I'm sold. Right. Yeah, there's so much, you know, you guys have said it, it's your word, super connector, that that's who you guys are. And you've been getting us all this impressive information. I feel like I've learned so much. I know Lynn and I both can't wait until we have a chance to get there and come and see and hopefully bring some business that way. I know we're, I know everybody listening is ready to, to sell Reno Tahoe. So we're excited to talk with you guys more a little later this week. And thank you again for just taking your time and sharing so much with us. Thank you. It's been awesome. It has been great. Always good to see you. Oh, I love it. Hi again, Planagers. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Be sure to check out the extra resources from this episode linked in the show notes and on our website, immwell.com. Make sure to follow So Many Places to Go podcast on Instagram and Facebook or International Meeting Managers on LinkedIn because you never know when you'll find those bonus surprises. Most importantly, we hope you reach out to our guests and partners to learn more. We know so many of you out there love to travel and experience new destinations and venues for clients and yourself. Until next time, our team will be working hard to travel the globe and bring you along to some of the most amazing places to go. This podcast is produced by Agency Podcasts. Do you have a great place we should go? Let us know in the comments, in an email, or send us a message.